It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The changes we expected from the BYU football program have started with Elisa Tuiaki announcing he is stepping down as BYU's defensive coordinator. Let's talk about it on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show, whether it's on YouTube or in the regular podcast format. You guys are absolutely awesome. We're we're, we're not fantastic. Well, we are fantastic, but we're pleased to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And, of course, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. The goal here, simply stated, is to make you guys the smartest. BYU fans in the room. And if you're just getting back into the swing of things after the holiday weekend, welcome back. Hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving, spending time with your family and friends. Crazy, crazy times are afoot, though, with the BYU football program on the heels of their win at Stanford coming out just last night. And I'm releasing this as soon as I'm done recording it. So this may be available to you guys as soon as Sunday night. But Regardless, this is technically the Monday edition. Elisa Tuiaki, BYU's defensive coordinator, has announced that he is stepping away from his position with the BYU football program and says he's on to his next adventure. That's what he termed it. Does that mean he's going to be, uh, remain in coaching? Who knows? But his future lies outside of Provo and outside of the BYU football program. And I'm sure there are plenty of you who are absolutely ecstatic at this news because he has become a whipping boy. There's no doubt about this. Elisa Tuiaki has been persona non grata for BYU's defensive woes, especially over the past two seasons, and frankly, for good reason. Uh, the defense for BYU has not lived <laughs> excuse me, up to expectations. Currently, the Cougars are 101st in scoring defense, 30 points per game on the head, 93rd in total defense, allowing an average of 409.7 yards per game. They are second to last in total team sacks, 130th, even after getting three in that Stanford game to bring their season total to 13. They are averaging 1.08 sacks per game. Pitiful numbers. Absolutely pitiful numbers. Now, the the philosophy under Elisa Tuiaki is not all his doing. There was input from Ed Lamb. And I, I, I've got to say that Ed Lamb, if Elisa Tuiaki is going to quote-unquote fall on the sword and step aside from the BYU football program, Ed Lamb, he, he also has to answer a little bit for this because he had an outsized role and continues to have an outsized role in the overall philosophy with BYU's football program. He's the assistant head coach. He's got say on recruiting. He had say on the defensive side of things. He's even had say at points with BYU's offense. That seems to be more in the past considering Aaron Roderick seems to have a firm grasp of what is happening with BYU's offense. But nonetheless, the, the news... Here is that Elisa Tuiaki is stepping down. Now, he offered to step down from his position and resign his position on October 15th or after October 15th when BYU got absolutely obliterated and had one of maybe their worst defensive outings against Arkansas. Many of you will recall that. 34 first downs. Arkansas just could not be stopped. Well, Elisa, according to a report from Jay Drew at the Deseret News, uh, said that he uh, said that Elisa went to Kalani Sitake and offered to resign his position to fall on the sword then. 
But uh, uh, Kalani Satake said, no, I don't want you to resign now because I need your help. I need your help to get this ship turned around. He made him essentially the full-time defensive line coach. We talked about this. I revealed that there were defensive changes for BYU staff, moving Preston Hadley off of defensive ends and back to the safeties role. Ed Lamb was moved completely out of coaching a position on BYU's defense. Uh, Elisa Tuiaki took over the defensive line with assists from guys like Jan Jorgensen helping with the defensive ends, and that's how they went about things. And they capped their season in a positive fashion, winning the final three games of the season to get to 7-5 and five after sitting at 4-5 and five coming out of the month of October. But the defensive numbers, even against Stanford, just were not good enough. They have not had the output, or I guess the, the, they just haven't had the production that they've needed from this defense. I said it on my postcast edition of the show, if you want to go back and watch it, that there needs to be a full reset of the BYU defense. That is players, coaches, philosophy, scheme, all of it. You need to you need to reboot this all. Well, with Elisa Tuiaki stepping aside and the defensive coordinator position being open, it now gives BYU the opportunity to do that full reset. Are all of the other coaches on BYU's defensive staff, speaking of Preston Hadley, uh, Kevin Kloon, Gennaro Guilford, Ed Lamb, are their jobs up for review absolutely because when a defensive coordinator comes into a program you do not shove coaches on him Kalani Sitake will make his hire and we're going to talk about some of the guys I'd like to see in the mix for this in just a minute in that for that defensive coordinator position but as a head coach when you hire a new coordinator you make suggestions of guys maybe from the previous staff that you'd say hey this is a guy you may look at retaining etc and you make those suggestions but they have the say on bringing in their guys it's like a head coach when you bring a head coach into a program, you have to let them hire their own guys. BYU almost scuttled the Kalani Satake era early on, if you will recall, by forcing Ty Detmer on Kalani Satake. That was not Kalani's call. He was forced on him by the BYU administration and the athletic uh, administration at Brigham Young University. Kalani Satake realized the writing was on the wall and made the change when he realized it wasn't working. And obviously, the BYU offense since 2018 and the hire of Jeff Grimes has been on a completely different track than it was in the first two years of Kalani Sitake's tenure. The first five years of his tenure as a defense with Elisa Tuiaki running the BYU defense, they were top 50 in the country in scoring defense. Kalani has said it more than I can bear to remember about his philosophy when it comes to defense. He wants to see his defense hold teams down. He doesn't necessarily care about, care about yards, sacks, all that stuff. He cares about the number of points scored by opposing teams. And that's that, that's Scoring def- that scoring defense number, the 30 points per game, when you're in the hundreds, 101st in the country, it's just not good enough. Especially when the first five years of your tenure, you were top 50 in that in that mark. BYU's defense under Kalani Sitake and Elisa Tuiaki's uh, run at these seven years has been not too bad, but the past two years, it's fallen off a cliff. And finally, it, it's time for that reset. Now, will that reset uh, be addressed before the bowl game? I don't think so. I think uh, Kalani Satake is content to make sure he goes through a thorough process of uh, vetting guys, interviewing them, and making the best possible hire he can make. What he has at his disposal now, though, is the fact that this is now a Power 5 position. You are going to be a Power 5 defensive coordinator leading the BYU defense into the Big 12 era. Number two, with that comes Big 12 money, comes Power 5 money. BYU gave those quote-unquote unprecedented contracts 
to all BYU coaches, Kalani Satake on down. Elisa Tuiaki was a recipient of that. You will have more money to throw at a defensive coordinator than a defensive coordinator than you've ever had. BYU traditionally has always had to go with a position coach and promote them to coordinator to make up for the lack of money they've had available to them. That should not be an issue in this circumstance for BYU's defense. They should be able to go out and put the money where their mouth is when it comes to these defensive coordinators, and that should be a positive. I believe, and this is my personal opinion, is that BYU can find a guy who can come in and hopefully, like I said, get that big reset of this BYU defense. Will it require maybe them to hit the transfer portal with some guys potentially leaving because of Elisa Tuiaki's departure? Absolutely. But with departures of that magnitude, and I expect, uh, like I said, I've said this before, I expect a mass turnover on the roster and the coaching staff this year for BYU. I've ex- been expecting it for a few weeks now. Now, it brings opportunity because if you work the portal the right way and you get the right guys in the, in your system and you start to build from the ground up, the nice part is with the numbers that BYU has been putting out on the field defensively, the metrics out there, there's only one way to go essentially for this defensive coordinator to go up. You have to try, I feel like, hard to make it worse than it's been for the past two seasons in particular for this BYU defense. Are there guys on this defense that I think are pieces of a good defense? I believe there are, but they need to find more consistent options. They need to spend more time in skill development, teaching guys, especially along the defensive line, about keeping contained, able to keep gap integrity. Linebackers, they need to learn how to blitz effectively and get home when they're called upon to blitz the quarterback. There are so many uh, just quote-unquote skills that BYU seems to have just said, you know what, just go out there and play your game and do your job. Where is the development? Where is the, okay, this is where your hand placement needs to be. Like, Does BYU expect these guys when they show up on campus at BYU to be finished products as football players? If they do, they are doing every single young man in that program a disservice because that is not what the college realm is for. The college realm is a takeaway these guys have been doing most of their lives, whether it's been in peewee football, high school football, and now coming into college, and to take what they already have and mold it and make them the finished product they hope to be when it comes to going into the pro ranks. And even then, they're not going to be a finished product by the time you're done with them, most likely. A lot of these guys, <coughs> think about Fred Warner. He was not a finished product when he was at BYU, but he's continued to develop. And now he is maybe the pro- most preeminent linebacker in the National Football League. That's what BYU's new defensive coordinator needs to do when they come in here. They need to focus on skill development and make sure that all the young men under their tutelage are getting the, the, the right... I don't know how to say this correctly, getting the right type of teaching and the the molding they need to become the best football players they can be. I think this is a huge opportunity for BYU and Elisa, excuse me, Elisa, Elisa Tuiaki stepping aside, a huge opportunity for BYU and Kalani Sitake to get the reset, to get the Big 12 era for BYU underway under new management. And this is a huge, huge opportunity. Do I think this is the final coaching change on this BYU staff? Absolutely not. Like I said, up to potentially five jobs on that defensive side of the football are under review right now. Whenever that defensive coordinator is hired, they will have the opportunity to fill those jobs with the guys they feel like are the best suited for them. There are two guys in particular I would hope that the defensive coordinator at BYU, whoever it ends up being, would consider retaining. One, Gennaro Guilford. I think he's a dogged recruiter, maybe the best recruiter on the defensive side of the football for BYU right now. I'd keep him on staff and I also consider keeping Kevin Clune. I really like Coach Clune. I think he's an underrated voice in terms of his overall experience. And by the way, 
Kevin Clune might be a possibility in terms of just being promoted to be BYU's defensive coordinator if they decide to keep it in-house. Let's talk about some of those candidates uh, for that job. We'll get to that here in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at uh, Upside. All of us are being hit by inflation where it hurts. Uh, let's be honest, in our pocketbooks. Inflation, is ha- inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining out less, buying less from the grocery store. We can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why I have started using Upside. I would encourage you guys to start using the Upside app as well. It's an incredible app for anybody who buys gas, groceries, or dines out, and even beyond that. With Upside, you don't necessarily have to cut back because you get cash back on every single purchase. It's really, really simple, my friends. To get started, all you need to do is download the free Upside app, use the promo code LOCKED, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying from Upside, check in at that business, pay as usual with your credit or debit card, and you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you're going to have to three times more cash back with our friends at Upside. The best part is Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have that 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So once again, once again, man, download the free Upside app today and use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED and get started with our friends at Upside. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, time now to talk about some of the candidates who may be on the, I guess, the big board or the short list for BYU's defensive coordinator position. But first, a reminder for you guys, thanks for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. But for your second listen today, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's dive on in here, and I'm going to give a big tip of the cap to Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider and give him how Brigham does a really, really good job covering the nitty-gritty of all things BYU. And he put together what he calls his BYU Defensive Coordinator Hot Board version 1.0. And essentially, this is a list of candidates that maybe guys Kalani Sitake considers to replace Elisa Tuiaki on his staff. He starts off by talking about Derek Odom, who is the San Jose State Defensive Coordinator currently. Now, San Jose State has had a really, really nice run over the past two years. As Jeff notes, Derek Odom has led BYU, uh, has led San Jose State's defense since the 2017 season. He inherited a defense that finished 110th in SP Plus in 2016. In 2022, this season, the Spartans' defense is ranked 39th in the same metric. This is a guy who has deep ties to Kalani Sitake, worked together at Utah, worked together at Oregon State. This is a guy who's been a coordinator and would be a welcome addition 
position as a kind of a promotion from the G5 ranks to the Power 5 ranks. I think he absolutely is on the short list. Other names that Jeff mentions, Frank Miley, who's currently Boise State's assistant head coach, has served in a myriad of different positions at Utah State before ultimately landing at Boise State most recently. Miley is my favorite. I I think Miley would be a home run hire for BYU. He's a member of the LDS faith. That's not a prerequisite. Let's be very clear about this. The only job, as far as I'm aware, that you have to be a a quote-unquote card-carrying member of the LDS faith or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the head coach of BYU football. Now, Frank Miley is Polynesian. He's a guy who, like I said, is a member of the faith. He understands Utah. He understands the recruiting realm. This is a guy who would get after it. That's the one thing I love about a guy like Frank Miley is he would be hungry to get out there and get after it. He's been a very, very uh, well-chronicled coach. He also has spent time at the Power 5 level. He spent two years at Vanderbilt. And you may say, oh, Vanderbilt's the, the dregs of the SEC. I get that. But he has been at the Power 5 level. Not too many guys can say they have that experience, especially on BYU staff right now. Other names that Jeff mentions here, Jason Kafusi. Of course, that last name is very uh, familiar to BYU fans. He is currently the defensive line coach at Arizona. He has spent time at UCLA and Nevada, as well as Weber State. He is a dogged recruiter. If you want a guy who's going to come in and just be that guy who's going to get out on the recruiting trail and absolutely get after it, Jason Kafusi is your guy. And I think Jason Kafusi would absolutely be a phenomenal addition to BYU staff. Even if they can't get him as defensive coordinator or Kalani Sitake is not comfortable promoting him from a defensive line coach to defensive coordinator, getting Jason Kafusi back in Provo would be a home run on whoever the new coach is. Maybe you give him a run game, a defensive run game coordinator title to sweeten the pot to get him to Provo. I think it'd be a fantastic thing to get him home. Now, other names that pop up here. Ikaika Malloy, who is UCLA's outside linebackers coach right now, as well as Chad Kawahaaha. Coach K, as they call him. They are both currently coaching at UCLA. Uh, Chad Kay is currently the defensive lines coach. And then Malloy, Akaika Malloy, is the outside linebackers coach. I would favor Malloy personally because Malloy has actually been a guy who has been a defensive coordinator. He was a co-defensive coordinator at Washington for a number of seasons. And they were very, very good. He was not retained by the new staff under uh, uh, Kalen DeBoer, the new coach up there at Washington. But Malloy, I think, would be a really, really nice addition. And you get him back as a defensive coordinator and give him that sole title where he is the guy running the show, this would be a fantastic thing for him. I think that he's well uh, deserving of this opportunity. Uh, according to what I'm reading here, Malloy has spent time at Utah State, UTEP, Yale, and Hawaii. So he's been all over the country. He's recruited the West. I think he'd be a very, very good addition. Now, with Chad Kay, could he be a promotion to defensive coordinator? Absolutely. But I think Chad would actually be a guy, if you can bring him in as a position coach, maybe make him an assistant head coach, say Ed Lamb to Decides that it's his time to move on as well. Chad Kay, similar to Frank Miley, would be a very, very welcome addition as the assistant head coach for BYU. They're they're culture building guys that you come in with. Now, there are other names that uh, Jeff mentions here. Kurt Maddox, San Diego State defensive coordinator. Justin Enna, who's at San Diego State as linebackers coach. Kelly Papinga, uh, Boise State linebackers coach. Lance Anderson, the Stanford defensive coordinator. Ephraim Banda from Utah State. Sean Nua, the former BYU defensive lineman, is currently the defensive line coach at USC. I think all these names are very, very savvy names for BYU to consider. Now, let me also add this caveat to this. When Kalani Sitake made the change at offensive coordinator after the 2017 
2019 season, we went into that looking at all these different names. What about all these guys that have connections to Utah and BYU? Well, I didn't think, and I still don't think, that at the time, Kalani Sitake had any real connection in terms of coaching crossing paths with Jeff Grimes. He went outside the box, hired Jeff Grimes, who was an offensive line coach, a career offensive line coach at that point, brought him in and said, you take this offense and make of it what you will. I believe that Kalani Satake could pull a rabbit out of his hat for a second time and bring somebody in who we don't necessarily think of right off the top of our heads, and this list may not uh, include that person, and they come in and have a fantastic run like Jeff Grimes did. That's that's the thing that I believe that Kalani Satake is capable of. He's got connections everywhere. He knows a lot of coaches. He's an affable personality, and people like Kalani Satake. They will come to work for him. That is what I'm trying to get across to you guys, is that maybe it's not the most familiar name that ultimately ends up as BYU's defensive coordinator, but what I can promise you is that Kalani Satake, his connections run deep in the world of college football. He is a well-liked individual. There will be coaches who would consider leaving current positions, I would I would imagine, where they're currently coaching to come to BYU. Now, in his statement uh, from uh, BYU social media, the quote from Kalani Satake was phenomenal, uh, thanking Elisa Tuiaki. And this this screams to me why guys would ultimately potentially leave other jobs to come to BYU. Let me read this. Quote, It's not possible for me to express my true appreciation for Elisa Tuiaki and what he means to me as a friend, brother, and coach. Not only have we coached together more than a decade, but he and his wife Viola and their kids are like family to me and Timberly. I cannot offer enough thanks to him for all he has done to help build our football program as our defensive coordinator the past seven years. His dedication is unquestioned and his trustworthiness is unmatched. He's completely selfless in how he handles everything he does. I have seen how much of an impact Elisa has had on the lives of the players he has coached and how much he genuinely cares about them and their well-being. He will always be family to me and to so many others. I know he will continue to have that kind of impact as a coach as he takes on his next challenge, unquote. That's awesome stuff. That is what Kalani Satake is all about, folks. He is loyal to a fault. And some of you may say that 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 loyalty is what maybe is going to be his quote-unquote downfall at some point. I don't know necessarily what to make of, of those of you who would say that. I think he tried to give Elisa Tuiaki every opportunity. I mean, every opportunity opportunity to right this ship and get things steering in the right direction. He stepped in and said, okay, I got to take this over. I, I got to help you out. I got to see what we can do. And did the, 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 the defensive numbers change all that much? Not really. I think the damage was already done. The, the imprint of what this defense was, was already there. But like I said, the nice thing is that based on the metrics out there, the numbers for BYU's defense, really, there's only one way to go up for this new defensive staff, and that is up. That is the positive news. Now, the other thing about this is that they're going into the Big 12, where exponentially, the nine-game conference slate, playing nine Power 5 teams, 10 potentially with regards to your non-conference schedule, that is going to test BYU's strength, their depth, their overall prowess every single week every single week, unlike it's ever been tested before. 2023, let me caution you right now. I, I We still got a bowl game to go here in the 2022 season. We haven't even made it out of the official end of the 2022 season. But let me caution you. 2023 could be a year of growing pains. A 6-6 six and six record, similar type circumstance to this season where they struggle to get the bowl eligibility is a very real possibility. A losing season is a possibility. But... 
where there are openings, there is potential for guys to come in and improve and start to build a new type of program for BYU. I think Kalani Sitake understands that. And with Elisa Tuiaki stepping down, it opens that door for that new era of the Big 12, the new look BYU football program. That begins with the hire of a new defensive coordinator whenever that happens. Is it going to happen in the next three days? I would highly doubt that. Does it happen in the next month? Probably. But that is the opportunity that is staring BYU in the face now, and I'm looking forward to it. So my question today, for those of you who have stuck with me this long, who is the guy that you want to see as BYU's defensive coordinator? Do you have a pet name out there? Is it Frank Miley? Is it Kelly Papinga? It... I don't know. Is it Sean Nua? I don't know what to tell you. Nick Howell. Hey, should we bring Nick Howell back to the fold? No. Do not bring Nick Howell back to the fold. I, I just, I, I, I couldn't do that. But regardless, who is your guy? Who is the guy you think is, the, is best suited to lead BYU into the Big 12 era as their defensive coordinator? Leave in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube or tweet at us slash email us. You can drop us a note on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys and look forward to combing through your responses as to who you think should be what be, be BYU's defensive coordinator. All right, we will wrap up today's show with some notes on BYU basketball, an up and down weekend. Uh, over in the Bahamas for them last week, as well as a note on BYU women's volleyball. We'll get to all of that in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at LinkedIn. They've been a phenomenal partner of ours all season long. These days, every new potential hire for you as a small business can feel like a high-stakes wager. The best part is you want to be 100% certain they have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why I want you guys to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the right people for your team faster, and the best part is for free. Yes, F-R-E-E. Check it out, my friends. You can go on LinkedIn Jobs right now, post the position or positions that you are hiring for, and then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. They feature, feature quick and simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right schools, skills, and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then ultimately hire. It is why small businesses are rating LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you in part by our friends at Utah Community Credit Union. My friends, all of us right now, we've already talked about this. Inflation, interest rates, they are only going up. And UCCU is here to help you guys save some money. They're offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Think about that. Crazy, crazy high numbers. That is completely unlike any regular savings account out there. The best part is during that period, the 15 months it's in that savings certificate, you have the opportunity if inflation and interest rates continue to rise, you can bump up the rate one time during that and raise the rate of return on the money you've invested. It's a fantastic way for anybody to save money, whether you're a quote-unquote small minnow in terms of the saving game or you're that big blue well out there. Everybody can take advantage of this. The best part is you can get started for as little as $500. It's really simple, my friends. What I love about UCCU is I am a lifelong UCCU member. I can speak to how great a company this is because I've got personal experience. I had my first savings account when I was, man, five years old. I've had it my entire life. I had 30 years, three decades with UCCU, maybe even longer than that. I they, they have been 
it, it, every part of my life, my first mortgage, my first checking account, my first credit card. This is a great company. So I would trust you guys would have a great experience with them as well. The best part is they've got a myriad of different options to make sure it is the perfect solution for you with this savings certificate. But remember this offer for this 15 month savings certificate is only available for a limited time. So get into a UCCU branch, call them or go online to uccu.com to learn more and get started. Now you can get started online with that savings certificate. And once again, it's that 15 month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. So check it out. My friends, that's UCCU love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. Uh, first things first, uh, let's say congratulations to the BYU women's volleyball team. They earned a number seven seed in the NCAA tournament. They'll be playing in the Pittsburgh quadrant of the tournament. They will head to Pittsburgh later this week to take on James Madison in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Should BYU advance, they likely would fit, uh, face number two seed Pitt in that second round matchup on Pitt's home floor. Uh, Pitt was a, a a team that beat BYU three sets to one earlier on this season. So BYU's got experience taking on the Panthers, but first they got to take on the Dukes. That'll be Friday at four o'clock Eastern time, two o'clock mountain time. It will be on uh, streamed online. I believe let's see the winning teams. Oh, further details on ticket information and TV information are coming uh, later on. The second round matchup would be on Saturday evening. So hopefully BYU has a fantastic weekend this coming weekend out there in pit, but always good to see them make the NCAA tournament is the 35th time 11th straight season that BYU has made the NCAA tournament. It's always good to see Heather Olmsted and her squad succeeding out there uh, for BYU. Now, BYU basketball had an up and down weekend at the Battle for Atlantis. I said last week that I hoped that BYU would win at least one game in this matchup. They are facing against, uh, facing off against some of the best teams in college basketball. They opened the uh, opened the uh, play against USC on Wednesday. Ultimately, lost that game 82 to 76. So a tough loss against the Trojans. And then Butler, who was who they faced in the second round of that on uh, Turkey Day on Thanksgiving. Losing that 75 to 70. And that was a, another tough loss for BYU because you lose those two games and you, man, you're so close and you feel like, okay, can we, can we break through here? Well, Friday came around and the Dayton game, uh, BYU finishing off uh, playing against the Dayton Flyers and they fell behind 32 to nine. And, at that point, I'm not going to lie. I was like, I got time. I got my family. I'm hanging out with my brother who's just returned from an LDS mission. We turned it off. Uh, uh, call me a bad fan. Call me a bad media member. I said, I got a couple other things to do. I'm going to go help my kids. But I get a text, and you know who you are who texted me and said, Jake, BYU's coming back. I'm like, what? Are they, are they within like, what, a 10? And they text me. No, they're within eight. And I said, okay, hold on. This is midway through the second half. I said, okay, I got to turn this thing back on. Flip the TV back on, and BYU comes rumbling back. They they impressed me with that win. They get into overtime. Jackson Robinson was phenomenal shooting the ball. Gideon George, who, by the way, just recently got engaged over the weekend. Congratulations uh, to, to Gideon on getting engaged to his sweetheart. They come rumbling back and ultimately win that game against Dayton 79-75 to in overtime. What an impressive fight from the BYU men's basketball program. Many programs, you you fall behind 32, excuse me, 32 to 9 at any point in any game, you're that far behind. So many programs would have melded in. I fully expected BYU to say, you know what? Just not our day. Let's move on. This is the type of win. This win over Dayton is a win that I think BYU can build upon. I, I think this is a big 
big opportunity for BYU to carry some momentum from that comeback win over Dayton and carry it into this week. A little bit of a layup uh, midweek this week. They're going to take on Westminster at Vivint Arena. This was a slot that was supposed to be a BYU-Utah State game, if I'm not mistaken, at uh, Vivint Arena on Tuesday night. Well, Westminster, a Division II team, obviously who's coming just down the road from the Avenues area up there in Salt Lake. BYU should have a relative layup and should win that one pretty handily. But then they have a big opportunity on their on Vivint Arena's home court once again Saturday afternoon when they take on South Dakota. I think BYU has has learned something, hopefully, from that win over Dayton. Obviously, you don't want to fall behind that big that early in a game. That's that's number one. But the fight and the ability to grind and, and work their way methodically back into a game and ultimately win it in overtime the way they did against Dayton, that'll serve them well, I feel like. They've got a huge opportunity upcoming because you go Westminster, South Dakota, both of those games is quote-unquote Salt Lake week or Vivint, Vivint Arena week for BYU basketball, taking on Westminster and South Dakota this week. And then you have a, a, a midweek clash a week from Wednesday against UVU. And then you get maybe the best team you may face this season outside of Gonzaga uh, a week from Saturday when you head to Las Vegas to take on number 10-ranked Creighton. Huge opportunity. I think BYU should win these next three games. Beat Westminster, beat South Dakota, Utah Valley, and then be sitting pretty as you're ready to take on Creighton. You're 4-3. and three. I think you should be 7-3 and three by the time you go to Las Vegas. We'll see how it shakes out, but very impressive fight uh, from our friends over at uh, from our from BYU men's basketball in terms of that battle back to get themselves back into that game uh, against Dayton and ultimately winning it. All right. That is going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there whenever you hear it. Hope you all are doing well. I hope you had a fantastic holiday weekend if you're just back with us uh, early on this week. But nonetheless... Crazy, crazy times. And by the way, if you're watching this on Monday, there may be other announcements that have already come out from BYU. We'll break it down on tomorrow's show. We're supposed to have Clark Barrington on the podcast this week as well to kind of give us a season recap, look ahead to bowl season. What are the bowl possibilities for BYU? By the way, we didn't even get into film review Monday because of the news with Elisa Tuiaki. Maybe at some point this week we'll sit down and actually talk about what I took away after re-watching the Stanford win for BYU. We've got a lot to talk about this week. And by the way, we're getting to early December. So let's have a Big 12 schedule coming out pretty quick here. So we'll see what happens on that front as well. So stay tuned all week long right here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you for making us your first listen today. Now, as we go out the door, make sure you guys check out Locked On Big 12. Get caught up on all the other news in terms of BYU's future conference affiliation. Josh Neighbors does a great job getting you ready with all of the news involved in the Big 12 conference. Check that out, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube, just like this show. That'll do it for myself. Thanks. Once again, for checking us out, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.